0: So I go on Alibaba and I found another factory and they they had it in stock and they were ready to ship immediately. Guy's name was Usman C. and I sent him the money and he
1: stole everything from me. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready, let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 942, and today I've got another special featured guest, and his name is Carlos Alvarez, and uh, well, besides being a massive guy, like if there's one guy that I want to make sure that I'm buddies with, it's him, just because he's massive and I feel really protected when I'm in his presence, which I did get to hang out with him in Florida uh, a couple years back. Really great guy, but really what he's going to be sharing is, gosh, years of being an entrepreneur all the way from selling crickets. Actually, let me take it back there. Selling, I believe it was silicone rings, then crickets, blew that up, sold that business and uh, then has built multiple businesses and has generated millions online. So I'm going to leave it at that. It's going to be a great in-depth conversation that I had with Carlos. He's a great guy, willing to share. He's built a huge community in the Amazon space, uh, one of the largest meetup groups in the world, really. And uh, he's going to talk about that as well. So, guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview that I did with my good friend Carlos. All right, Carlos, welcome to the podcast, the Rock Your Brand Podcast. What is up, man? How you doing? What's up, man? This
0: is it. Like, I've made it now. I'm on your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, the The first time we met uh, was in, was it, it was Miami, right? Or was it Fort Lauderdale?
0: I think like official, official meet was Fort Lauderdale. Okay. It was one, yeah, that was, it was it. an after Sellers,
1: party. Yeah, it was the, it was the Sellers uh, Summit, Steve Chu's event. And, uh, and I had mentioned that I was going to do a little meetup and then you were like, Hey, do you mind if I bring over some people? And I'm like, no, sure. That's fine. And you bring over like 50 people from your, uh, from your group. And I was like, dude, man, I didn't realize it was like that big of a group. Like I, I thought it was like a few people. I mean, they had to make room and space and everything. And, uh, it was pretty awesome, but it was pretty incredible to see the impact that you were making on, uh, on a group of Amazon sellers and stuff at the time. Um, so anyway, that's how we first met. And uh, I think Kevin Sanderson was actually at that event. That's where I met him for the first time um, in person, which is kind of funny.
0: But yeah, Kevin, uh, Kevin's become a close friend. He's presented several times at our meetup group. He's been on my podcast. Like good guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, Kevin's awesome, and uh, it's just funny how things happen. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get you on the show, and uh, I wanted to kind of take people through your journey. Um, and maybe you can just start by letting people know a little bit about you, where you come from, and kind of uh, how you got into this game.
0: Yeah, sure thing. I'm uh, I'll try to I'll try to do the fast version, but I'm yeah. uh, I'm an I'm an elementary school dropout, first of all, and oh, wow. I, I okay, it came from a really abusive home, and I think in fourth grade I walked out. I literally just walked out the back, and this is I'm 44, so back then it wasn't as ex. A, You never heard of that, like, especially Mm -hmm. elementary school. I'm hoping to this day, like, there's not a lot of walkouts, but I walked out. I eventually get caught, but I kept doing it. And I I just walked over to like a local, I think it was like a local drugstore. And I walked out, I didn't have money. So I guess I know what happened. And I walked out with fishing gear and I went fishing and I went fishing. So that, that trend in my life continued Mm -hmm. and nothing really amazing happens. I feel until... I'm now in my mid twenties and I'm working four jobs like somebody would, who never, who dropped out of elementary school. All my other friends are getting those career jobs. They have the college education and I'm sort of embarrassed. I'm the dairy clerk. I'm delivering subs. um, I'm selling cigars and I had an expensive ex-girlfriend at the time. So I'm constantly looking for these odd jobs to get some extra money and get that thing for her. Okay. Well, one of those odd jobs wind up being eBay, like something I found to sell on eBay. And I don't even remember what the first thing was that I sold. And I just know that when I listed it, it sold, I shipped it, somebody communicated back with me, thanking me. And I was really hooked on the experience. It felt very, it felt empowering. Mm -hmm. So I, I quadrupled down on it. When I wasn't working, I was doing this. Friends and family see this though, and they- they say like, wow, they start using words like entrepreneur, e-commerce, things like that. You know this, but we're talking yeah. 16, 17 years ago, yeah, yeah. Um, saying that you were an eBay seller or an Amazon seller wasn't really seen as a solid career path or like this. No, a
1: little right? side so hustle, it, right?
0: Yeah. Or juvenile like or something you yeah. do in the summer, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I was very insecure about that. Uh, friends and family though, they're like, look, let's, let's feed this. Let's get him to like do something with his life probably. Mm. So they pulled together $81,000. And at the time I had just discovered Alibaba. It looked completely different than it does now. Mm. And I had these little rings. There was an adult novelty product and I was getting them for like 16 cents, selling them for like 20 something bucks on eBay. So when oh, I got wow. this $81,000, I'm like, man, I'm going to go all in on this product. I contact mm. the factory, a factory named Pleasure Chest. I was talking to a guy named Elvis. And he's like, he's like, we don't have that in stock. So obviously a factory doesn't randomly have $81,000 of these little silicone rings in stock. Right. And I, I thought I was offended. I'm like, you don't know who I am. I'm going to be the next Bill Gates, like things like that. That's (laughs) in my ignorance. So I go on Alibaba and I found another factory and they they had it in stock and they were ready to ship immediately. Guy's name was Usman Sise, And I sent him the money and he stole everything from me. It didn't exist. Like factory in Hong Kong type of thing. Oh and, gosh. and that just, just devastated me. Like mm-hmm. being broke was something that I was very accustomed to at that point, wow. but losing that, that positive, good feeling of other people seeing me in a positive light was something that I didn't want to lose. So I told nobody and I, I went out and started selling almost everything I had to try to, you know, mm-hmm. get things going again. One of those things I went to do was to sell two of my snakes. Um, I like reptiles. Nice. I have okay. a Burmese python and a Colombian red tail bow. I have them in pillowcases. I'm in a pet store and I'm, I'm in line to sell them. And the person in front of me was paying $25 for 50 live worms. And in desperation, I thought, man, like teary-eyed, like I would go dig all, like I'm a hard worker. I will dig all day for worms and sell yeah. them like that. So I end up in a public library looking for uh, like, where do worms live is where I'm trying to go. And And what I wind up finding is an article by a zoologist saying that the zoos could save money in the reptile department, I think it's herpetology department, breeding insects instead of paying top dollar on the private market. So I said, okay, what? how do you, like breeding insects, like they mate and they eat, like I can, I can do this. Yeah. So I went to the store to get some bins. I couldn't afford. Bins are actually quite expensive. So I, I couldn't afford uh, bins. So I, I go back to what I knew, which was like garage sales and getting stuff to flip on eBay. And I started like getting this hodgepodge of like pennies on the dollar bins from all over the place. And I wind up making these habitats in my house to breed insects, to sell online. Ex-girlfriend had enough, like insect guy was too much. She leaves. I get a knock on the door from code enforcement one night. At this point, we're talking about almost a year later, I had upwards of 4 million, just in crickets alone, upwards of 4 million crickets in a residential area. So when those things went off, it was deafening. And they told <laughs> me I had to get it out. I, oh I, bluff, I bluffed them and said it would be an agricultural disaster if I did. And they gave me until the next day. I found a friend with a warehouse to continue breeding them. I'm selling them online at the time. Fast forward 10 months later, and I get approached. Well, 10, 10 to 12 months later, I get approached um, by a company to sell my business, and I wind up exiting for $2.6 million. Oh, my so, gosh with that, I, I just I immediately start almost like whoring around Miami. I don't know what to do with money. And uh, I realize at some point that if, if I don't do something different, I'm going to be broke in a year. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I had ever done successfully in my life to that point was sell online. So I went back to Amazon and started um, doing what we call wholesale now. And um and another private label which was a beverage chilling device and then I've just not looked back since and I've been a full-time seller for 15 years.
1: Wow. Okay, we got to unpack some of this here. There's a lot sure there. Um, the $81,000. Yep. Okay. Who gives you that money? Like it's just a whole a whole
0: bunch of friends and family. I'm blessed with a big family and and I and I had a lot of friends.
1: And so what were they giving the money for? Were they going to get a were they going to get compensated back? Was it an investment? What like what was it?
0: Nobody wanted interest, and and you know what? I think if I would have went to some of these friends and say and explained what happened, I think about half of them would have been suspect. They would have been like, "Oh, he did something shady with the money," or another half would have been like, "Don't worry about it." Like we considered that high risk. Like we really Mm -hmm. didn't get it back. But none of them wanted interest. A lot of it was just like, you know, someone puts in ten thousand and they're like, "Well, just just pay us back within two years," and. I had seen like what I was doing and and the returns that I could get. And I was like, that's no
1: problem. Mm.
0: Um, So, so I would take it.
1: Got it. Got it. So, okay. So you have this, this money, you lose the money. You don't really tell anybody that you lose the money. So technically, if you, you technically started the, the uh, cricket business and the worm business with no money, basically. Right. So the 81,000 didn't really help you start that business, although it did open your eyes to the online space and kind of like what you were going to try to do. And you started having success with the the silicone rings and and all that. stuff. So it kind of led you in that direction. But the the worm and cricket thing was because you started to see that people were buying worms and you're like, I wonder if I can dig up some worms somewhere. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Uh, I I look online to see where it can sell and lo and behold, it sells amazingly on eBay and Amazon, you know? so I was like, okay,
1: challenging though, shipping live crickets or live worms. What, what was that? Like, did you have to learn that? Like, how did you, how did you learn that stuff? Like how do you Uh, learn how to ship stuff live and they don't get it there and they're dead
0: for, for, for anybody watching this, I guess, later on video behind me, a lot of these books towards the bottom have to do with that. Like I reached out to professors in different universities asking about, insects. I, I did a lot of research. Um, as far as the shipping part of it, you're correct. It's, it's, mm. it's a total nightmare and I learned a lot. If, if you're shipping 150 units out a day and the average unit has 1500 worms or crickets in it, if you even attempt to count them one by one, mm. that'll never happen. So what you do is you, you get a bunch of different scoopers and you measure it out once, like one by one, then you add like another 250 to 300 to them in case any die in transit. And then you're like, okay, filled to this line at this age, that is this amount. And then you're just dealing with a scooper and USPS.
1: Okay, Okay. got it. Okay, cause I can imagine like in the heat and stuff, it's going to play a role. You put
0: ice packs, you put cold packs, you put hot packs, depending on the receiving destination. Mm.
1: So were you shipping to individuals or businesses, reselling them?
0: Initially it was, um, initially I'm going to say it was almost all individuals, but actually something that you said many, many moons ago, I almost positive it was on a YouTube video and it had to do with looking at the addresses sometimes on these orders where you saw that you received maybe orders larger than normal, Mm. um, could have been a podcast. I mean, you've put out a lot of content, but you said something. So I went back in and and I start looking at these orders. I'm like, okay, you know, reptile owner, Bob, I see him ordering a thousand crickets. Why is this person ordering 10,000 crickets? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I would just Google earth the, um, I would just Google Google earth the address. And I'm like, oh, this is a pet store. And then I would reach out to the pet store. I know that's like not in the most compliance with terms of service. And I'm very white hat, but that's, that's how I learned that I had businesses even approaching me since okay. then uh, I've just, again, I sold that business and when my non-compete ended, I started it again. So I have, I have five brands currently and that's, and that's one of them. But, um, since then I've picked up a lot of poultry farmers. Um, I get a lot of contracts for like refining this for the inclusion into bread or protein supplements, uh, fish mm. food. It's, it's really expanded since then, but okay. initially, yeah, I'm going to say the majority of them were you know, somebody had a lizard or an iguana okay. or right, a snake right. and they wanted to right. feed them.
1: Yeah. I, I seen something on Shark Tank uh, a while ago. I think, it was, I think it was crickets. Was it cricket protein or something that people are using? Was that the thing? And they're using it for actually protein now for people? Yeah,
0: definitely. It's something that's exploding. And most people probably have had some form of cricket protein in a food and not realize it because it doesn't, there's no like huge warning label that says cricket. Yeah. And um, the brand you might be thinking of is chirps okay um okay. On, on shark tank but yeah absolutely yeah. it's it's something that's okay. exploding
1: okay cool all right so you exit that brand and then you start like saying like this is cool i got some cash and uh and then you're 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 hanging around miami and having a good time and then you're like and how old were you at this time approximately oh
0: man let's do at this point is when i go full time so let's let's call this right around the time it was 15 15 and a half years ago so i am okay. 44 now i'm doing some math
1: yeah. Yeah. Mid, not early thirties. Right. 30s, yeah. right? Yeah, let's call it early thirties. Early okay. Early
0: thirties. Sounds good.
1: Early thirties. Now at that point you weren't married yet either. No, no, okay. no, I was not. You're a single guy then. Yes. Carlos in Miami, single guy. Well,
0: I was married in my business, making all the mistakes you make in a business and thinking, mm. you know, work, start working before the sun comes up. Stop working when the sun come down. That's the only option you have. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That's what I thought. And that's what I did. So there was no time for any other relationship besides my businesses.
1: Hmm. What? Let me ask you, this is a random question though. Like for a car, man, I picture you like when I was in high school, like you were the guy that was driving the IROC.
0: Did you have an IROC? No, I didn't, but I love IROCs. I absolutely love them. (laughs) I bet
1: you did. I I I had a guy that we used to go jet skiing with. He always drive up in his IROC and man, he would would be you, man. I I mean, if I was young, you know, 1920, I had a buddy, if it was Carlos, it would be him pulling up in an IROC with the T-tops, oh, all I'd polished. No,
0: uh, you know, I, I don't even think I've been, I, I don't even think I've ever been sat in an IROC, but I absolutely love that one. I love the, the Mustang 5.0. No, I'm, yeah. um, I'm more of like a suburban or SUV.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, now, Grand National, type. I could see you driving to Grand National too, black. Oh, I guess college. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, some some of these other like amazing cars, I don't fit in. So I'm a little over six five, and now I'm like yeah. three hundred and something pounds. So yeah, it's,
1: you're a big dude. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like that's what I said to you when we were when we were hanging out in the bar at that at that. I go, dude, man. Regardless, man. I go, we got to be friends just because you're so damn big. You can like be my bodyguard. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, you're a big guy. Um. Okay. So, um, you make some money on the exit you're kind of at that point now where you're like okay I got to figure out what's the next move and and at that point is it is it something that you feel as though you you wanted to figure out what was the best way so you don't lose your money uh you know at that point and how do you figure out what that next move is
0: all, all, all guessing i think i'd like to consider myself successful now but i think a lot of it stems from Maybe just being too dumb to fail, like mm-hmm. like no one yeah. told me any different. Like no one told me like, hey, that's really bad. You should file for bankruptcy. And instead, I'm just like push through this, make it work, and it did. Yeah. yeah. So for me, at that point, what happened? Two, two major things happened. One is I get my first taste of business partners, which I did horribly wrong for a long time, mm-hmm. and it cost me all my best friends, my brother, everything. So it's like let's partner up. Let's partner up. No operating agreement. Nothing and the other thing i learned a lesson on was was cash flow which again mm-hmm. elementary school dropout i was never introduced to this beast and mm. i on the wholesale side we rapidly took the business to we call it about 14 million in gross sales again amazon was a different animal back then not that you can't yeah. do that now but right and i would pull up to the gas station wondering which credit card wouldn't decline like could mm. i put gas so I was just broker than I had ever been mm-hmm. getting these really fat disbursements. And that was me becoming <laughs> intimately aware of what is cash flow, and, and then dealing with business partners and just that whole, that, that, that that's pretty much the perfect description of my first few years.
1: Okay. So, okay. You get yourself in a little bit of a mess, a little bit of a pickle you're learning, right? But you're right. I mean, and, and even to this day, like I've dabbled in both, right? I've run, you know, uh, digital product-only businesses. I've done physical product-only businesses. And I've done a mix of the two. And physical products, man, takes a lot of capital, a lot of capital. Uh, our, I, I believe you're, you're also friends with Mike Jackness. Um, you know, he was telling me, like, he was sitting on a million dollars of inventory, of coloring books and pens, all of that. And he's like, you don't realize that when you're laying in bed at night, yeah, you have a million dollar business, but you got a million dollars in inventory. And if something happens to your listings, you're freaking in trouble because now you're sitting on an inventory. Um, so how do you deal? How do you deal with that? Like, and and even to this day, you probably have inventory, right? Like, so you're mm-hmm. you're dealing with that stuff. How do you deal with that? I know on the surface, and we see this in our world that we live in, it's like screenshot after screenshot, this business did 30 million, this one did this, but they don't look at like the bottom line, like what is actually coming in. And really, I realized that this year, when you really make your money in a lot of businesses, when you sell that baby, because you get all the inventory back, right? They pay for all the inventory and then you get, you say, oh, there's all my profit. It was in the inventory. How do you deal with that? how do
0: you deal with that? Well, well you're absolutely right. I, I've exited several businesses over the last you know, decade and a half that I'm going to call them Amazon businesses, even though yeah. I've always had my foot in other off Amazon things for my Amazon business. Yeah. And when you exit is definitely the the, the best payday, but mm. um, how I deal with it now, I hire people. If the question is like how to know your numbers and all that, yeah, yeah. I hi- I hire people that know how to do that because I'm not only am I not very good at it, mm-hmm. um, if I knew that I had to wake up in the morning and, you know, today's the day that we're going to figure out our cash flow and like mm. and all this other stuff, I, I just wouldn't want to do it. Like, I'd rather right. be a barista at Starbucks. Like, right, I don't, right, right,
1: right.
0: Don't, I, don't I don't want anything to do with that. Now, I'm mm-hmm. aware of what's going on. I right. know the questions to ask and, and I'm also very conservative, if you will. Like, um, mm-hmm. if anything, I maybe err too far on that side, mm-hmm. um, but- uh, that's about the best answer I could give. How I, no, do it. No, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take yeah. credit for like doing all this amazing stuff in my business. And then people on my team are listening and they're like, Carlos, we do this. Like, what do you mean?
1: Well, no. And I think that's an important point, right? It's like, what's your superpower? And what are other people's superpower or superpowers? Like you have to lean on that. I think as you grow and at, you, you have to realize you can't do everything. And honestly, your business will probably grow more if you just delegate and hire other people that are good at that. Um, there, there's a, a book out, it's called Not What, Who, and I believe it's from, and I'm going to screw this up, um, it is um, a success coach, uh, gosh, it's going to, gosh, um, oh, Sullivan, it's um, Dan Sullivan, I'm yes, I was able to remember now. that, yeah, I'm telling you right now, um, he talks about that. The bottleneck in your business is most likely you. And the reason is, is because you're trying to do too much. So it's not what can I do? Or, you know, it's like who you need to find your who's in the world to take care of the what, and then you figure out what you're good at, what you want to do, what lights you up every day right? Like me being on here with you. This is, I love this. I don't want to be the one editing it. I don't want to be the one that uploading it to Dropbox and doing the show notes and all that stuff. I don't want anything to do with that. When we're done here. It's done. It gets sent up. We're good. Right? Um, so it's finding the who, um, and I think you're. I mean, that's a great point that you bring up. And for a long time, you did it, but you're like, okay, why is the business not doing the, what it should be doing? It's because you don't know your numbers. Well, if you don't know your numbers, you don't understand, you know, where you need to cut costs, where you need to in- increase revenue, or whatever. Um, so it totally makes sense, and I think that's a, a valid point for anyone out there. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this real quick. Um, there's also a story, if you don't mind sharing the one story you told me, we'll, we'll talk about this after um, the one where, where uh, you took a group of people over to, I believe it was China oh. and you, you got pulled aside, man. Like, you, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> let's save that story for a minute, oh. but let's definitely go back to that story. <laughs> definitely. That's insane. Right. So I'm going to leave a little teaser there for people to keep listening because that story is worth worth hanging around for. Um, and uh, it's just, a, it's crazy story. But I, I do want to, I want to speak to, I mean, cause you've got numerous things going, right? You got uh-huh. numerous things going. Now you're podcasting, right? Something you've been wanting to do for a while. Now you're doing it. You're doing uh, some uh, book reviews you're doing on your channel and stuff, which I think is awesome. What is it that you want to do, Carlos? Like, cause I think at this point, it's like, you're, you're doing so much. You've got a, a young family, Right. So at this point, like, what do you want to do? Is it building physical product businesses? Is it, uh, you know, I, I, you, you have a dance studio too.
0: Yeah. Dance studios, a whole bunch of other offline businesses as well funded with the Amazon. So I just didn't know 15 years ago that this would still be an amazing opportunity 15 years later.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's do this. Uh, you don't have anything and you're going to start over. What are you going to do? What's Carlos going to do? You got a lot of stuff going on right now, but I don't know if you've seen the show out. It's a it's a new show, and I believe Grant Cardone is one of the first. No, he's the second season, and it's it's only on like the first episode. It's it's uh it's where they take all their money away. They give them a hundred bucks. They drop them off into a random place, and they got to generate a million dollar business idea or a business that could be funded in ninety days. Right? I think that's a tall order. Um, but let's not even say that it's a million dollars in ninety days. What are you doing to to really start from scratch with everything you know, you know, you, you've got all the knowledge now, all the mistakes you've made, and all of that stuff. What would you do today? And we're in a pandemic right now, the time of this recording, new world. Uh, what do you What are you doing?
0: Um, I'm going to play to my strengths. One one thing I'm going to do is I'm I'm not going to let pride get in the way. And I've seen this with a lot of entrepreneurs, and that is, if I only mm-hmm. have hundred bucks, I'm going to get a job. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> So like, I'm going to get a job. (laughs)
1: There's (laughs) not
0: going to be this thing that, you know, you're not a real entrepreneur unless you're doing this full time. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get a job. And I've just found that you make better business decisions when you're not concerned that your lights get cut off. So, and I'm going to be the best mopper, the best barista, whatever that job is, like I am going to be a rock star at it. And with the hundred bucks, I'm going to play to my strengths. Um, I'm relatively new to the like informational product stuff. Um, I pay attention to a lot of what, what you put out and it's always like, I want to do that, but a God, how can I match that quality? So
1: mm.
0: I, I would, <clears throat> I don't feel like that's a strong suit of mine. Now I'd maybe play with it. Uh, the two strong suits of mine right now are, are building community and have always been email, just emails, like the central nervous system of a business. So I would want to start probably on meetup.com. I would start a community around a subject. Um, I would create an informational product. I'd get people on my email list and I would start selling. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Saying that, you know, I would go to Amazon and start up, you know, if I got a hundred bucks, I'm not getting on a $40 a month uh, seller central
1: yeah, uh, account
0: 60%. thing. R- yeah. Right. And then four weeks to check in with my inventory, like that's not going to work. So right. uh, that's what I would do. I feel like that's okay. the, that would play to my strengths.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that you, I mean, yeah, you have a ton of knowledge, whether that's just you even coaching people and helping people with the Amazon side. Like you don't even have to be the person with the money, you can just be the one that's helping Amazon businesses grow because you already know that. I'm not saying that that would be wiped away. That's a huge strength for you. Um, and then I think you just have a lot of offline experience, too, that we haven't even tapped into. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think I, think I was talking to my son about it, and he's 22 years old. And we're actually doing something for him right now. He's he's into uh, vertical jumping. Um, he's helping kids with vertical jumping. He's got a vertical jumping machine. Um, it's, a, it's a little contraption with these bands on it. And it's called a VertiMax. It's actually about a $3,000 machine. He picked it up on Craigslist for like $1,100. He's got it in a storage unit that's uh, you know heating and cooling in there. So it's nice. And you know the conditions are right. Um, with the pandemic, it's been tough. But um, he just wants clients. And he's got some clients for volleyball and basketball. So what I would do is exactly what I'm advising him to do is we're going to just put a pin where our high school is. And we're going to go 15 mile radius on a Facebook ad. And we're just going to target everyone in here. And we're going to, it's like having billboards that we're only paying for like three cents of you. And we're just going to hammer this area and everybody's going to know who Scotty, the trainer is. Right. And so what I would do personally is I walk into shops around here and I'd be like, Hey, do you want everybody to see you on a regular basis? I'll do it for you for 500 bucks a month and you just pay the ad spend and you probably only got to spend about 500. So about a thousand bucks, we'll get a lot of people through here, right? So it's playing to your strengths um, and what you think that you could could help people with. I think what you said there too is the email list is critical. And so many people say, "Eh, email's dead, it's not dead, still there. Um, I want to talk about the meetup stuff because you said you'd go right to meetup. You know meetup pretty well. You've been doing it a long time. Let's talk a little bit about what you did why it originated anyway, like why did you even decide to start this meetup, how it's evolved and how you've done it for a long time, just on meetup.com. Like, let's talk about sure. that. Where did that even come from?
0: So, so meetup.com, uh, it started because I've used meetup.com to build communities around my brands and launch brands actually for, for years. I mean, just over 10 years. Uh, example would be like my abs are not beach ready, but I, I launched this scuba brand and, okay like these scuba accessories. So what I did was I just walked into some local scuba shops in the area and I'm like, Hey, look, will you teach free scuba stuff and certify people? I'll pay you on the back end, yeah. but I need you to like once a month go teach and like take people out. And we, we, I got all yeses, you know, it was oh, a huge wow. win for them. And in the meantime, I'd be able to sell my products you know, you know, you get this free class, of course, you'll buy my snorkel, for example. Right, Um, right, right. And and, and I had done that successfully for a long time. I've also, when I've wanted to like launch in other countries, meetup is in other countries. So I'd be able to like really isolate where I want to get reviews from, where I want to build my community, where I want to test. So I had used meetup a lot. I was very familiar with it. Um, so I used to meet with just a group of friends and we, we'd talk shop, we talk Amazon, but we'd always tell the same stories. It, we, it turned into one of those fish stories, like right? <laughs> right. So, so we're like, we got to get some new blood in here. I knew about Meetup and, and I was like, okay, let's, let, let's do it. I created one and I'm just like, let me put it at the Starbucks closest to my house in case nobody shows. I think four or five of the first 10 events, nobody did show. First one did, fortunately. Mm-hmm. And since then, I mean, 16 events per month. Uh, largest uh, meetup group of its kind in the world and just an active community of about 4,500 people in South Florida. Uh, So, so yeah, building, I've learned a lot about building community that way. Um, So it's definitely something that, that, that I would revisit and go back to something you said uh, just a second ago is hundred percent, right? Like the face local Facebook ads. Hmm. In addition to that, what I do for the group is Uh, something that almost nobody does. And that's, I I guess, kind of like how everybody says email is dead. They also think uh, EDDM is dead. So every door direct mail. So Mm -hmm. I would just go on USPS.com business. I'd find my area. I'd put a pin on it. I'd say three to five mile radius. It'll show me all of the postal routes. And then I can have flyers made delivered to people's mailbox. I'd make huge colorful ones. I don't want to get caught up with that that spammy envelope mail. And it just worked wonders of, of getting people to um, my, my group and my event, my offering, uh, whatever Mm. it may be.
1: Mm. So that's really clever too. I like that. Um, is, uh, is using direct mail. A lot of people don't do that. It costs money. Um, Facebook ads cost money. Um, but I, I love, I love the idea of you're doing something local and a lot of people think that it only has to be online. Um, so with meetup, how does that work? Like, do you just put up an event and then people looking for something or how does that get people's attention? If you're not like driving people there from a Facebook ad, or you're not doing direct mail, how does that start to create buzz? Is there an algorithm that, you know, you know, people search, like, how does it, how does it work? Yeah. I don't even know.
0: So on meetup.com. You create a group and your group, you give it a name, the better you name the group. So people know what the group is about. Sure. People that are interested in it obviously will join. And then meetup does a good job of putting it out there to everyone initially, like in a 10 to 15 mile area. Also anyone that goes to meetup.com and is like meetups near me, you can see a calendar of events of of things that are happening. Okay. For, I, I think the reason that the main drivers for, for my group, I'm also the meetup city organizer for, for Miami. Just like I got on their radar so oh, wow. I, I help other organizers organize events for Meetup. Mm. And what's, what's really helped me is something I've actually used to get product reviews in the past, which was um, I, I would get another flyer similar to this EDDM and I would walk over to all of the, the public uh, post-up community boards inside of the local Starbuckses where people are waiting to get their oh, coffee. Yeah. And yeah. instead you see like guitar lessons, math tutor, efficiency for rent, and, and all this stuff. And I'll just have right. my amazing, colorful thing and this awesome opportunity. It's free and different ways to reach out to us. I would just canvas all of the Starbuckses. I'd get on TaskRabbit still, and I'll have them go to other Starbuckses, and I'll just canvas it. Um, I'll do...
1: Rabbit. what's that?
0: Um, it's not everywhere, uh, but it's it's, it's it's almost everywhere. I, I call it domestic VAs, but it, TaskRabbit <laughs> is... Um, you have anything that you need done domestically and, you know, your virtual team can't do it. Um, You just go on task rapid and ask and somebody will say, yeah, I'll do it. I I can, I can do it in the next 15 minutes. So things like waiting in the line at the DMV or I need you to come, I need you to come repair something real quick. Or can you do my groceries? Can you pick this up? Can you drive this over here? Like anything. And, and they'll do it. So I'm like, look, I need you to put this and I need you to stick it to the canvas, uh, the Starbucks here, these addresses, take a picture when you're done.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. I was thinking you could probably go to Craigslist or something and put something out there, but that's amazing if they have a service like that that's already built. It's kind of like just little odd jobs, like little yeah. odd things that you can do and pick up some cash. I, I like that. And what would you? How do you pay someone for that? Like, how, is it like in through that service? Like you you fund the service and then the, the service yep. pays them. Yep. Basically, yeah. How it works?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Nice. And you you review them, and I've never had an issue through there.
1: Task Rabbit.
0: Yeah. Taskrabbit.com. Just go to taskrabbit.com and then put in your zip code out. and you'll see if it's available. It, there, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be available where you are.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's incredible. Look at that. I just learned something today. This is good. I, that's why I like hanging out with you, Carlos. Um, all right. <laughs> let's um, let's uh, talk a little bit about the, the group though. Okay. So the group that you created, the biggest group that you've created probably so far, I think, is yep. the Amazon one, right? And, yep. and that's been going on quite a while now. How many people are in that group and how do you communicate with the group outside of just meetup? So maybe you can just.
0: So oh. we have um, on meetup itself, we have about 5,500 members. I'm going to say maybe 700 are sort of dormant, like they joined okay. a long time ago, but they're not active. So we are mm-hmm. pushing, pushing 5,000 active members just on meetup. Plus we have a lot of word of mouth. And the person was like, well, I know you have events here. I don't want to sign up for meetup. And they just come. So I- I'm going to say that probably pushes it past 5,500 active members. And one thing is, I mean, not taking anything away from a Facebook community. I love them and I have them too, but there is something different to say about a bunch of people that are meeting up face-to-face and and, and know each other and build relationships. And there's marriages that happen and like, there's a lot. So it's, 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 it's a very close-knit community. It's very powerful. Now between events, we've tried a lot of different things over time. That's why there are so many, but we have the Facebook group, which uh, Wizards of Amazon Mm -hmm. Um, that's turned into more of a, now people from all over the world have kind of gotten in, uh, which is cool. So it's not very like meetup focused, but we, for people that prefer Facebook, we have that. Um, we also have a very active telegram chat community. We wanted to use WhatsApp, but WhatsApp was very, uh, you know, you you have people posting inappropriate things in there constantly. Mm -hmm. If they get the link, uh, Facebook limits you to the amount of people that can be in it. So we use telegram.
1: Hmm. I've been thinking about telegram here lately. It's funny that you bring that up. How walk me through that real, real quick here. And anyone else that's listening, if they wanted to use this as a way to communicate, because I know that you can use messenger, right. For like Facebook, it's similar to that, but so people have to sign up. They have to have a telegram account. Does that ping their phone? Like how, how does that How does that show up? I guess is how how would I do that? If I wanted to create a little telegram for my coffee talks in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a little private group for just my coffee talk people. And this way here, when I'm getting ready to go on 15 minutes before I can say, Hey, boom, we're we're going on. We're going to be talking about this. Make sure you show up this way here. I'm not letting Facebook notify people because they're terrible at it. Yeah. Um,
0: so on telegram, you can have a broadcast channel or a group. So What you'd probably want both. The broadcast channel is only you post. So anyone that, it's, it's almost like a newsletter, like anyone that wants updates, you know, real time, anything that you want to talk about, you can push it out to the broadcast and no matter how many people you have, they all get notified. Um, okay. Y- yes, you can, depending on how the person has their push notification set up, yeah, I can definitely ping their phone. Um, clubhouse is a big thing right now, but it has a built-in clubhouse. Like you can have an audio only group of like an infinite amount of people. You can oh, wow. do that with video. Um, there's also the text. Now the group side of it is is very similar to what people could probably imagine in a WhatsApp group, except a hundred times better. So it's oh, wow, okay. You just anything you can possibly imagine that you'd want to do, mm. you can have in there, you can do polls, you can pin stuff, um, you can answer directly to something. Um, it's it's very, very user-friendly. But an example would be um can I, can I say like, can I say mine here? Is
1: that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So amazongroupchat.com. So, I mean, Scott, if you could jump in that way, you can poke around and look at it and see if telegram is worth it for you. But uh, what I did was I created a a domain and I'm like, let me go to amazongroupchat.com. And what it does is it just forwards you to a link now that has our two steps to enter one, download the app two, the, has the actual link for you to join. So that has really helped educate people on how to do it.
1: Okay. Okay. And And now once they're in that group, you can do audio too, or is that separate?
0: You can do audio too. You can do all of it. There's nothing you can't do in there. It's like amazing. Okay.
1: So you you, you even
0: have bots. So like you can set, you can set up bots in there to say like, anytime somebody joins, I want to automatically send them this welcome message or you could create like, obviously I paid for, like I pay for keep so we have a keeper bot. Anyone that wants to use the keeper bot, they'll do like slash keeper. And and I'm a Star Wars geek, so mine's called Palpatine. So it's like okay, s- slash Palpatine, and then it'll spit okay. out whatever information they need.
1: Okay. Yeah, I always worry about though that stuff as far as um the people that are, they might not have the app, so then they wouldn't want to download another app. But it's I'm hearing more about it, and it's it's like weird, it's been out a long time. We are hearing about Clubhouse, um, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on Clubhouse. Um, I've got my own thoughts on Clubhouse, but um, what's your what's your thoughts on it?
0: I mean, there's a guy named um, you probably know him, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft. This is I'm give you an example, and mm-hmm. I've just followed a lot of his stuff and 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 listened to your shows. There's a lot of inspiration on how to start my podcast, mm-hmm. and I, I was willing to put some money out to him at one point because I'm like, man, he's got some good stuff on like consulting for for this stuff. And and I never got around to it, but one day I'm driving down the road and a clubhouse pop-up comes up and it's, he's doing an AMA with only like three people in there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is pretty powerful like that. Um, What I'm seeing mostly is a lot of people in there. And it seems to be like a lot of um, people beating their chest and Mm -hmm. here's my gross numbers and um, stuff like that. Um, There's been some cool rooms other people are saying it's going to be a podcast killer. I think it's going to be a podcast enhancer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 the jury's out for me on on Clubhouse.
1: I had I've I've downloaded the app only to secure my name, and I have not went into a room. Um, I'm I'm at that point right now, Carlos. And you, you and I talked about it um, a little bit before we got on air. It's like one of your one of your things is like how do you stay present? Like how do you with all of the all of the the loudness on the, you know, in the online space, it's like, you could be active all the time. I'm not even that active on Instagram anymore. Um, so when I seen Clubhouse, I was like, you know what, I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm just and maybe I'm wrong in doing that. But for me, I've got my email, I've got my podcast, you know, I've got Facebook, which is okay. Um, I don't know if I need another thing you know? And for me, I was on Periscope when that first came out and it was great when it came out. And then all of a sudden Twitter bought it and, or would the Twitter buy it or was a part of Twitter? I forget. And then Facebook came out with their thing, killed it. And now it's no longer. That was actually better than Facebook by the way, because people would get a little whistle and go woo. And then you'd be like, Oh, Scott's on. Right. I had so much more engagement on that than I do on Facebook. And it's because they got that little alert with Facebook. You don't know unless you pop on at that exact time and you see someone's live. Um, so with Clubhouse, I'm hearing a lot of good things about it, but I'm also hearing, uh, you know, just, again, it's like people are spending hours inside of a room. I'd rather be working on stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's a distraction and I don't want to be distracted. So I'm just avoiding it right now. I'm not saying I won't do it. Um, I'm just right now avoiding Clubhouse for, for right now.
0: Yeah. My, my group wants me to, you know, get active, secure a club name, like Wizards of Amazon or something. And I'm just like, guys, look, we just opened a location. We have a very active meetup group. We do have the emails like on a list of priorities that I have. And that's just on the professional side, like clubhouse is not there. Like it's not, yeah. it hasn't reached that. I'm not saying it's not an awesome thing. I'm not saying it won't be an amazing thing, but exactly. I just have to, I have to like pick my battles here.
1: Mm, yeah, no, a- absolutely. Um, okay, cool. And then as far, and, and I want to ask you this and, and you, you can answer it. You don't have to answer it, but sure. the group, right? You've got this group, you do a lot of meetups. What's it doing for you? I mean, other than, yes, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want a podcast. I do my coffee talks. I don't expect people to pay me, but I am making money. So where, where does this come back to help Carlos a little bit financially?
0: Um, well, for the vast majority of the meetups existence, there was no direct financial gain mm-hmm. from the event. And, and I've had that approach to almost every business. You give a ton of value. Yep. Now, like nine years ago, I think I did what a lot of people were doing at the time that had been selling on Amazon for a while. I started a service side of things. So I knew in the back of my head that if I was providing a ton of free value every week, if it did click with somebody, somebody would want to circle back and say, you know, I really liked how he said it, what he said. Let's see if we're on the same page financially and this can make sense. So I've picked up clients on that side. Um okay. So that's been one way, but 16 events per month, was it enough? No. Mm. <laughs> now, what's, what somebody convinced me to do almost two years ago is to start recording the events. So I record the events and then we have a video vault, which I think it's like 30 bucks a month. Somebody pays a membership and they get access to everything. Plus okay. they're able to live stream into the events. That shockingly has, I'm like, oh, it's only 30 bucks but you start looking at how many people Mm -hmm. are joining this from everywhere in the world. And you're like, I'm doing the events anyway, and now I'm making this. So that, that, that's done extraordinarily well. Um, So the main reasons (laughs) though, like the two main reasons that I wanted to do the, the meetup event, besides, you know, getting in front of a bunch of people is one of them is just, I've just had this thing on my list, which you've done is I want to write a book. And I'm just like, I imagine if I need a book, I need a community. And the whole jab, jab, right hook. I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm going to give you all this value. But when this book comes out, I'm not giving you a discount. I want you to buy the $10 book full price. Yeah. 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 I, I want you to do that. I'm going to tell you too. I'm selling now. I'm selling right. you the book. Remember, I told you I was going to ask for something. And like, I want to do that. And I want to, I want to do some bigger events. Like I'd love to do something on the scale of you know, social media marketing world or traffic and conversion, but in the mm-hmm. e-commerce space, that's very, that's less about, you know, flavor of the week, black hat tactic and more right. on, you know, tried and true principles that just will help you evergreen, which is something I love about your show mm-hmm. that will just help you the same now as they will 10 years from now. Um, and, and I wanted to, and I want to do it in South Florida. And I'm like, well, if I have a really massive community, that's going to be a heck of a head to start. I imagine.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. No, I think you could definitely pull off an event. Um, you and I could talk privately about it. I could tell you oh, some, yeah, uh, I some stuff. Um, but, um, you know, ours, obviously this, year, this past year um, had to get canceled because of, uh, you know, pandemic and all of that stuff. And now we're. A- and re-evaluing. on the heels of
0: such an amazing one.
1: Yeah, it was a great event. And I'll tell you what, though, man, it was stressful leading up to it. And I knew it was going to be. I mean, when you're talking about you're on the you're on the hook for a lot of cash. And you need to fill seats. You need to fill room blocks. You got to, you know, quotas. All of this stuff, and then you're starting to ask yourself, man, is this worth it? Is this worth it? But then, man, when you're there, and you're able to to see the impact of the people, the people that are making connections, um, I I launched my book on the back end of that. I had a line of people for four hours, like signing books. It was just at the end of the day, I was like, it was totally worth it. Um, but man, leading up, it was it was pretty stressful. And that was only 250 people. You you're talking, you know, like social media marketing world. That was like 7,000 people. Um and they have to rent out a whole different type of venue.
0: Well it it didn't know? have to it doesn't have to be like that on year one. Like I, I know they didn't mm. they probably didn't start that way on no. year one. But but I would no, no, love no. I really would love to do that. Like I, I mm. it's just yeah yes, you know there'd need to be financial gain in it, but that wouldn't be the main driver for me. Mm. Yeah. In that um yeah. so yeah those are yeah. my those are my uh sneaky I like motives it
1: one last question on the group. So the group, they get access. So people that come to the, the ones weekly, is that free for them? It's all free.
0: You, okay. you can attend but, for free, no matter what, but but now you if you want to want access to the, watch recordings, the
1: recordings, then they would have to buy the $30 a month thing. Yes. Okay, cool. I like that. That's a great, I think that's a great model. Now, anybody that can't come there because they're not in South Florida, they're, they're just going to buy the, the $30 monthly pass, if you will. Right. So they can get access to all of the recordings in the past and the ones in the future.
0: C- correct. And now, even if you're not local, we stream it on a like an unlisted YouTube link. So like if you're a member of oh. the group, the link is out there during the presentation. You can watch it live. Afterwards, we oh, switch wow. the link to private and then you can only watch the recording afterwards to so try to make it fair for people that are not local sure. as well. Sure. Um, that's something that started recently. Like we, we were able to connect the tech during COVID. Um, oh, wow. But and it's been great. Yeah, I'm yeah that's
1: really cool. Yeah, that that's awesome. I'm I'm glad for you on that. That's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. Let's let's wrap this up with a story. Sure. Let's let's tell people about about the story that Carlos almost didn't come back. Um. So let's let's talk about this story. You have this trip. Uh. If you want to just kind of, I guess, give people a little bit of a background on the trip and kind of how you organize that and stuff.
0: Yeah. So our group, we we have two trips per year, t- taking a group and traveling to China. Um. We do it for free. So like we. I mean, not to take anything away from people that charge five, $7,000 to do that, but we just don't need it as a revenue source. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a blast by the way, but we go for free and we coordinate our planes, our hotels and all of our events. So on one of these trips to China, we are flying in. I probably have like, and a lot of people, they want to get on the plane with me. They're like, oh, I want to be on the plane with Carlos. And like, yeah. so they coordinate. So we had a good amount of people on the plane with me. Okay. We find We finally land after... What's after layovers and everything, probably 22 hours of nice. traveling and we land in Shanghai and you could tell immediately, like all the stewardess and everything, they were kind of getting nervous and like everyone's trying to talking to the phone and the plane's kind of going off, off from where it should be going. And all of a sudden armed, uh, I, I guess it's military or armed police or, or military board the plane and they are looking for somebody. And I'm just sitting there. I'm looking at them, but I'm like, you know, I've heard the stories. Let me not make eye contact. I'm just kind of looking down. I got an aisle seat with a whole bunch of leg room. And, and then all of a sudden they kind of stop in the seat in front of me. And I'm like, oh man, the person sitting next to me is in a lot of trouble. And, and they called my seat name and me and they're like, come here. So I'm like, I'm getting up. I find out later that all my like, people traveling with me from my group on the plane, they, they see this. And they're like, Oh my God, Carlos is getting the VIP treatment. I told you he knows they were imagining that I was getting like taken off on a limo. And <laughs> I get off, they take my, my visa from me, um, like strip it from me. I'm thinking like, I need that. Like mm. you're going to pass me on to somebody else and they're going to ask for my visa. And they, they, they take me across like the tar- we're going to like a dark, dark area. Of this this runway. They stop another plane. They keep screaming at me and pointing guns. And I'm just like, I'm gonna die. Like I I, I don't know what to expect. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I'm just like, I'm gonna freaking die. And I have no idea why. And 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 then the one of them would like try to try to say something and like, how many are you? is what only thing I could get out. And I'm like, I'm thinking, oh my God, am I do I have to get like special clearance to bring a group? Like, did I miss (laughs) something here? And when I try to say something, they would all scream, which sounded like a shut up with their body language. And then they stop a plane, and they put me on a plane. Like they rolled out stairs and just put me on some random plane. And I'm like, where am I going? So they give me a ticket that they had already printed out that I'm going on this plane. I see that I'm going to California, and I said, I need my visa, like, like I need my passport. I'm not going to be able to get back into California. And I'm thinking. Freaking out already, but I'm like, you just did 20 something hours. It is brutal thinking that you're about to fly back. Mm-hmm. I have my entire group here depending on me, and and it was it was just uh, they wound up they wound up giving me back. They wind up sending me back. It wound up being that uh, a competitor actually, which feels toxic even getting into it. But like a competitor who has family in China was apparently able to like reach the right people and say that I was um, that I was there to fraud or do something to a person, tourist or fact business or something like that. So I'm back over here. I have some people in my group that really don't know me for years. And I'm like, I can't even say the truth here because like, I don't want to attach my name with fraud in the same sentence to anybody. Eventually I did. I was extremely depressed here in the house and I've gotten over it. Fortunately, we fixed the issue. And it looks like we'll be going back to China um, October, hopefully of next year. Um, but that's, that's the story. It was, it was, it was wild, man.
1: So, yeah, man, I mean, gosh, that has to be so scary. I mean, you can't speak the language. You got, um, probably machine guns that they're holding and, uh, you're thinking to yourself, what the heck? And then you're thinking about the group. What do I look like (laughs) here? Who do these? Some of these people don't know me as well. And oh my gosh. And so, (laughs) so you end up getting back, everything is, is okay. And now, but now when you're going, you have got to have that in the back of your head. Oh, absolutely. You know,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You know, it'll be. absolutely be there.
1: Oh man. All right, man. Well, Hey, let's, let's pick it up one notch before we go here. Let people know what's, uh, what's happening in, uh, Carlos's world and, uh, how people can either join one of your groups or learn a little bit more about Carlos and your podcast and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my podcast is Wizards of Amazon. Um, it's 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 something I just absolutely love doing. Uh, again, heavily inspired by you, Scott. I appreciate that from a distance. You've been like my coach from afar uh, <laughs> uh, on that. And uh, I put a lot of love into it. So if anyone wants to go over there and you know give me a listen or a review if it's worthy and give me some feedback on the shows, I'd love it. Um, as far as getting a hold of me, the easiest way is going to be Telegram nowadays, just because nice. I feel Facebook doesn't put all my messages out. So go mm. to group um, okay. Also, some people think I'm crazy, but any questions you wanted to connect with me on anything, um, I put my number in these things. Nobody calls. So mm. uh, it's 305 902 1283. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And what's going on in my life? I'm just trying to figure out how to be a rock star dad without taking my foot off the gas at my businesses and, and, and making sense of this new normal uh, during or after the pandemic. I think, like everybody else.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's leave people with one little thing here. What is that? I guess, what is your balance right now? Like, how are you, how are you, and are you, maybe you're reading a book to help you with this, but I know it's a, it's a constant struggle um, even for myself. And I'm always, I'm like, I'm trying to meditate in the morning. Now I'm trying to get myself dialed in in the morning. So I have a good day, but also when I'm at the volleyball, you know, beach, you know, I'm, I'm there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's to, to it's,
0: it's one, it's working with coaches um, and realizing that this is something that's important to me, but unless I have my actions show it's important, then really it's not important. Yeah. Um, looking for treating, I'm always looking for masterminds, mm-hmm. but like non-toxic masterminds and looking at my relationship and starting to look at it as if that is my mastermind and that should be my most important mastermind and treating it as such. And then something that's helped me a ton is I'm doing the, the I've always been a big business journal, or journaler period, but okay. I'm doing Brendan Burchard's, um high performance planner. And I do okay. that in the beginning yep. of the day and at the end. And that really helps. It really sets the tone. It lets me set my intention. And I make, if I look at my intentions and I'm like, well, you know, I'd include my wife and kids in this, like it's helping me be a little more aware. And I'm not saying that that's the solution, but that's what I'm currently working on to try to figure this out.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think being transparent with people is is just always a good thing. And to let people know, like, yeah, Carlos, if you look at him from afar, successful business guy, been through a lot, but successful um, and willing to go out there and take risks. And but yet yeah, he's still struggling with some stuff, too. You know, it's like we all are, you know what I mean? But it's just uh, being, I guess, uh, big enough and man enough to admit it. And uh, I think that helps other people as well. So Carlos, man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking time, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to get you back on again in the future, and uh, we'll have to uh, probably before the trip though. But then I'm gonna have to get you back on again after the trip and see if you made it back. So, uh, Carlos, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you, and thanks for coming on.
0: It's been an honor, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: All right, well, there you have it. I wasn't kidding, right? What a crazy story, and I love, love, love digging in to entrepreneurs that have been. Up, they've been down, they've been up, they've been down, and they're still dealing with their own stuff. And as Carlos said, a lot of it right now is how do you how do you spend time with your family? How do you spend time working on what what really lights you up in business? How do you prioritize all of those things? And I think it's a constant struggle that we're all dealing with. But really, in that conversation, what I took away was, you know what? You got to go out there and learn. You got to do, and you got to show up, and the way that he described how he started his community and where that's led him, again, is something that started by him just saying, how can I serve this market, and it doesn't matter if it's selling crickets or if it's uh, helping people with their online businesses or their Amazon stuff. It does always start with how can I become a Uh, you know, just someone in the community that helps genuinely helps someone. And you can hear, or you you heard with Carlos, that's exactly what he did. So I would definitely go over and follow Carlos again, just a great guy willing to share. And I know that you'll learn a ton more just by going over there and following him especially if you are in the Amazon game. All right. So guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. The show notes can be found at brandcreators.com forward slash 942. And the video, if you want to watch that, will be located on YouTube. So make sure that you go check that out. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action have an awesome amazing day and i'll see you right back here on the next episode now let's rock your brand